Welcome to the Readerly Report. Your hosts are Gail Weiswasser and Nicole Bonilla. We hope you will enjoy our candid book conversations, recommendations, and observations on the reading life. Thanks so much for joining us. Just doing it right now. Quick time. Quick time is going. Okay. Welcome to another edition of the Readerly Report. Today, Gail and I are going to finally talk about all of the great literary fiction we have de- have mentioned before that is going to be, that sort of de- derailed me from my challenges, I'll say. I have this challenge that I want to finish, but I also have a stack of literary fiction that has come out late spring and throughout the summer that is just making me want to read it instead. So we've teased this a couple of times for whatever reason, our time management has not been on point these last few shows and we have yet to get to it. So we're going to do that today. And in addition, we'll do our usual. We'll check in on what we're reading. Are we doing backlist today, Gail? Or no? Uh, we can. Um, I don't have anything. We can, but we can. <laughs> we'll see. All right. So that's what we're, that's what we're going <gasps> to do. That's the plan. And Gail, so why don't you start us off with what you've been reading? Catch us up. Great. So yeah. So. I read The Logger Queen of Minnesota by J. Ryan Straddle. Oh. And, yeah. So what I'm going to say about it first, because I've been kind of grappling with this. Catherine from Gilmore Guide was like, I'm dying to hear what you think of it. And now I'm like, okay, I've boxed myself into this corner because I talk about kitchen so much. So here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to evaluate Lager Queen completely independent of kitchens because you made a very good point, which has been ringing in my ear, which is you said to me, nothing is going to compare to kitchens. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm afraid to leave, read Lager Queen. Cause what if it's not as good? And you're like, well, nothing will ever be as good. And you're right. Nothing can compare. That's my favorite book. So let's pretend kitchens never happened. And I'm going kitchens to evaluate does not exist. kitchens does not exist. We're living in a parallel universe where kitchens of the great Midwest has not been published. And I've picked up Lager Queen on its own. So I'm going to evaluate it on its own with no comparison to its older sister. And I liked it. It's, um, it's got, <laughs> I will, I will make a few comparisons. It's got the same typical setting. It's set in Minnesota, as the title suggests. And it, um, again, food, uh, in this case, drink plays a large role. And it's about these two sisters and, uh, their parents leave their farm to one of the sisters and not to the other because the sister they leave it to needs the money because she and her new husband who is from a beer family are going to open up a brewery. And that's all I'll say just to set up the the story. So you kind of follow the, the parallel lives of Edith, the older sister and Helen, the younger sister. And, you know, the, the book kind of follows their lives just as it also tracks a little bit the history of beer over the last, you know, 30 or 40 years, starting with the big breweries and the the big American kind of factory brews, and then the rise of cult and small local breweries and IPAs. So does it and, get into like, oh, yeah, I was going to ask that. Yeah, does it, get into it does. IPA stuff. It gets into the IPAs, it gets into the process of making beer. And 
I will put out the caveat that while I greatly enjoy drinking beer, I am not into IPA the stuff. IPAs. I, I like, yeah, I like the piss water stuff that he was kind of making fun of a little bit in the beginning of the book. Um, <laughs> the big factory stuff. Are that's you what a I drink. Light fan? Sure. I mean, I like all that stuff. And I don't like heavy, I don't, I, I don't get into like local brew, you know, IPA, d- d- special edition, blah, blah, blah stuff. That's just not me. And so How I was kind of worried. Moon? Blue Moon is fine. And actually Blue Moon is mentioned in the book a fair amount. Um, <laughs> so, but but the, that stuff didn't bother me. Like I, I was worried that like I it would get too drowned in like the hops and the barley and the this and the that. And there's, there's some of that. But like if you're not into it, it's, you can just kind of easily just bypass it. Um, it's really more a book about family. And there's like classic – J. Ryan Straddle, there's like a fair amount of sadness and loss and, you know, struggle to get by and stuff. But it was, uh, I, I, I really liked it. And I like his, I like his treatment of women and older women and, you know, women in their seventies who are kind of the heroes of this book, which I thought was really cool. And it's well-written and funny and quirky, just like the other one was. So I am going to give it two thumbs up for me. Is it in the vaunted pantheon of kitchens? We'll just we'll just leave that out. <laughs> okay, so you will not be mentioning this book every show. Probably not. From here for the next year. Probably every not. other show. Probably okay. not, yes. Potentially one more. As you as you know, I may mention it, but uh no, it is not gonna be like my my, you know, ad nauseum thing. So that was good. I read that and I've started a book. What is this book called? You and I talked about this, and I, again, have you ringing in my ear. You are so influential in my reading life, you probably have no idea. I started this book called Everything is Just Fine by Brett Paisel, and I asked you whether you thought I could use this book for my humor category, for my reading challenge for Every Day I Write the Book, and I told you it was described as a biting, a brilliant laugh-out-loud satire. And you said, absolutely, that counts for humor. So I just started that book. It's kind of like a Nicole situation where I just started it and I'm like a third of the way done. Like I started it this morning. So like I could conceivably, if I had nothing else to do, read this in one day. But um, it's funny. It's about this soccer team of 10-year-olds in Beverly Hills and the coach and the parents are all behaving badly and is mostly told through email so it's funny you've got well-meaning but over the top coach who's just lost his job but hasn't told anyone and then you've got this soccer player from Columbia that they've hired to help train the kids and then you've got these women the moms who are trying to hire the hot Colombian soccer player to like privately train their own kids so that they can like go flirt with him and there's lots of drunk people and people getting divorced so it's it's very entertaining it's not (laughs) it is not heavy reading so that i'm i'm reading as well and then on audio i'd say i'm i'm like 75 percent done with fleischman is uh in trouble and i've been traveling a bit so my audio has been a little slow so I've been listening to this one for probably like two weeks now, but it's really good. And this book is about also divorce and among wealthy New Yorkers and it takes place in Manhattan. And it's, it's just, it's extremely observant and the dialogue is perfect and it's, it's funny, but it's also kind of biting and sad at the same time. 
And it's hmm, one of I the may have really to check that one out. I think you do. It's good. I have something funny to tell you because you'll appreciate this. So I I guess I had put myself on the hold list for Fleischman is in trouble a couple weeks ago. And then I just decided like I couldn't wait and I just bought it. So it's rare, as you know, for me to go buy a book, but I did. I bought it. And then there was this, another book that I'd put myself on the hold list. And then last week I was in Portland and I went to <laughs> and Powell's it. and I bought it. And so, of course, like the two, both of those two books were waiting for me at the library. Um, they ca- both came in and they both came in much faster than I had expected. I had completely forgotten that I put them on the whole list and I didn't need them. But I always feel really guilty that like somebody has gone to the effort to get these books for me and, you know, bring, get them from another library and then shelve them and put the slip in with my name on it. So this morning I went to the library. I picked up those two books. I checked them out and then I put them in the return slot. Oh my gosh, Gail. I was like, well, I could take the books with me for two days and make it look like I read them. And I was like, well, no one is paying any attention to that. So that's stupid. Why don't I just return them right now? But I just didn't want to like, you know, you can let it lapse for 10 days and then they just get put back on the shelf. And I just was like, I don't want to get on someone's shit list at the library that I request books and then never pick them up. So I did that Yeah, like an hour you know, like ago. That, that Gail Weisswasser, she <laughs> She's a speed us- reader. She made us put these books on the shelves and now we're not going <laughs> to, she didn't even yeah. read them. We're not going to talk to her anymore. Yeah. I'm so convinced that the DC public library system is that on top of things that they're going to they end just, up on some blacklist. You are. Right. But anyway, so I picked them up, checked them out. And then the return slot was right next to the self-checkout. So I just like, when one movement, I like checked them out and put them in the return. I don't know if you did yourself any favors like that. Do you think so? I mean, that might be more noticeable than if you had just canceled I don't know. your hold. I don't know. But it just seemed silly to pick them up and then leave them in my car and wait like right. some conceivably realistic amount of time in which I could have ingested these two books. So I was just like, oh, You're going to have to release some of your library guilt. I know. Well, maybe by putting this on the air. i getting you to cancel. It's just it's okay. Well, no, it's I don't okay. mind canceling the hold. But I like to do that before the book comes in. Right. The problem is that the books had come in and I forgot they were on hold. So, yeah, cancel hold, I don't mind. I, I will do that without guilt. Because I feel like, well, that that's fine. It just goes to the next person. That doesn't, you know, there's n- nobody's been harmed by that. But anyway, I digress. Okay, what are you reading? I was reading The Runaways by Sanjeev Suhota. It is about, I guess I want to say that they're Indians living in London in this big house, like some sort of big type of boarding house. One of the men comes from a very poor background. It seems like there's some kind of discrimination against where he's from in India among these other people in the house. And then there's one man who is in the middle of a a visa marriage and it's about his interactions with the woman who is pretending to be his wife who lives in another house across town. So I was just getting into that, but it's such a, it it seems like it's going to be a heavier book and I wanted something that was lighter because I seemed like I was reading the print versions of books that I was reading was heavy. So even though it's really good, I picked up, a Julia Quinn novel, which is a romance. It's a a Miss Bridgerton novel. And I started listening to that because I just wanted something light. 
And of course, I, I was thinking about Therese. It hasn't gotten to any romance, romantic sexual scenes yet, but it's definitely one of those. It's set back in the day, these two, not royal families, but they are noble families or they have some kind of their earls or dukes or something is going on. And it's these families that have known each other for years. And of course, the woman in one family she doesn't get along with the guy. His name is George, I believe. And she gets along with all of his brothers. So I think it's one of those that they, for whatever reason, will be forced into close contact or marriage. So, but it was, it was nice and it was light. And it was something that I could listen to that was not so heavy. I finally finished, and I don't know if I talked about this, Laura Lippman sunburn on audio, which is why <laughs> I have two going at this point, and I, you know, I enjoyed it. It was a, it was a solid mystery. I won't say that I, yeah, I enjoyed listening to it. It was not like this is the best thing. I don't know if it's is if I would say that it's one of the best novels that I've read by her, but it was enjoyable. And she has another one that's actually coming out this summer that I would like to take a look at. I think it's the woman in the lake or something like that. Hmm. I finished a book called Professor Chandra Follows His Bliss, and okay. it's by Rajiv Balasubramaniam. This was a book that I had started a while ago, but, you know, because of whatever conflicting things going on, I wasn't able to finish, but I really liked it. It's a book that I don't know that I necessarily would have picked up, on my own, but I had it and I started reading it and I really enjoyed it. It's about an economics professor. He discovers in the beginning of the novel that he has not, once again, he has not won the Nobel Prize and he's out of sorts. He is, he's been divorced from his wife and still dealing with the fallout from that. He's estranged from one of his children, um, his eldest daughter, his youngest daughter seems like she's going through a crisis within her life. And his relationship with his son is sort of shaky. He holds very, I want to say conservative viewpoints and values that have left him at odds with his family. And he, he suffers, he has a heart attack, or is it a panic attack? that just puts him on a path where he wants to change his life. Like his, his supervisor at work suggests that he takes some time off and he goes to some kind of new age. Yes. I want to say new age workshop where you work on your feelings. So it's just about the juxtaposition of this conservative Indian man who for a long time has just pursued, pursued academia and pursued his studies and wanted to win that Nobel prize. It was really important to him and how he just starts coming to terms with how that has affected his family, how his own upbringing has affected his relationship with his kids and how he wants to be different. So it's a little funny because, you know, he is a stodgy conservative man who is, is incorporating or trying to incorporate these new age things in his life and how it changes his life with his children. It's humorous and it has good heart. It was a, it was a very enjoyable read. And I feel like this came out in February or March and it's already going to be coming out in paperback. So I feel like it didn't find its audience. I, I don't think that, like I said, it's not a book that I would have just picked up on my own. I'm not sure if it's the cover or the title. It's, 
one of those books that I just felt like I didn't have a strong idea of what it was about. But when I read it, it's just one of those nice, quirky, almost sort of fish out of water with this man rediscovering himself through a paradigm that's just so different from anything that he's experienced in his life. So it's, it turned out to be, well, they call it searingly funny. I don't know that it was searingly funny, but (laughs) I was entertained. I wonder if it is the title. It's a, it's a funny title. It's one that it's vague and right. I don't know. Maybe people are turned off by that. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, well, I like this or is this too quirky or what is going on here? And it, and it's got this big yellow font and you know, it's lots of water on the cover and you just see this man in the water. I'm yeah. I don't, know what it is about it. And this was one one of the things I said when I was talking to someone that I did not, I just didn't know what I would think about this book or it didn't make a strong impression on me that I wanted to read it. But it is, Mm -hmm. it is funny. It reminds me of like when you say you want to read those, the books about the older gentlemen that are sort of funny. What's that, that Mr. Groaning book or I can't even think of a title. I don't know. There's titles about older older men interacting with younger people who are living in their houses or mm. mm-hmm. I can't think of it. There's something about someone okay. turning 84 or something like oh, that. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. I think you do because yeah. you, really, you wanted to read it, I think, at yeah. some point. So I'm also reading yeah. Three Women. I'm still reading <gasps> is it? Three Women. Is it as good as everyone says it is, or is it not as good as everyone says I don't know if I feel like it's as good as everyone says it is. I kind of, but I think that just might be more of a personal thing. I mean, as I look at the cover, and it has a blurb by Dave Eggers, and he says, he can't imagine a scenario where this isn't one of the more important and breathlessly debated books of the year. I'm not sure. I feel like that the subsection of women that she decided to follow was not broad enough that I know that mm. not that I don't particularly identify with it or whatever. It just seemed like it was more sweeping, but it is a really intimate story about these particular women's sex lives. I mean, I guess you could extrapolate other things out of it, like how prevalent abuse can be or how relationships when you're a teenager shape how you view sex and and how you view relationships and how you go about fulfilling whatever sexual or relationship needs that you have <sighs> what is um what would you how would you describe the style of the writing in this book i'm curious to know is it journalistic or does it is it feel more artistic well originally i would have said when i first started it i felt like it was just really personal and really close and just felt more like a narrative nonfiction story. As I read it more, I think it just became more journalistic. I feel like I don't know some of the metaphors that she uses or some of the Yeah, some of the metaphor that she uses are jarring. Like I'll think about what she said. There's some of the phrasing that she uses is a little bit strange. In there's um, Maggie is one of the teenagers whose life she explores. And I feel like that's probably one of the more compelling stories. And it's she was involved with her teacher and at, at 
I don't know, when she was 16 and how that influenced her life and how the court case influenced her and how basically some of her her sexual past was used against her. And you know that this man got off for it. it and mm. that's really interesting to read, especially in light of all the stuff around Jeffrey Epstein that's going on now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. How we kind of let men off the hook for relationships when women are young and they're painted as a temptress or I don't know, just how people are able to make excuses and how they're able to skate for the damage that they've done. So her story, I think, would be a little bit more compelling than the others. But then there's there are these weird parts where she'll be like, oh, I had love crush or pain feeling or these combinations of words I don't know I guess Mm. we'll see what I how I feel about it I'm probably I probably have like a third more of it to read Mm -hmm. but I'm not crazy about it I think I'm gonna be the the holdout on the oh my god this is the best book yeah because the reviews have just been oh yeah everybody loves it yeah just insane yeah yeah. Okay. Good to know. So I think we're caught up. I mean, you and I have both been pretty busy. I've been traveling a lot. Nicole's been working a lot. And we have not been able to talk as frequently as we'd like, but I'm glad we are at least caught up now in what, what's going on on the reading agenda. So The Art of Racing in the Rain is coming out August 9th, and I see it has Milo Ventimiglia in it, Amanda Seyfried, and Kathy mm. Baker, and it looks like the it says the voice of Kevin Costner. So I'm imagining that he's the dog. I haven't read this by Garth Stein. I read A Sudden Light, and I really loved that book. So I really like his writing. I don't really, I don't remember what The Art of Racing in the Rain was about. But you know, I read it. Did you like it? I don't remember it that well. I'm actually pulling out my review because I, and in fact, I'm not 100% sure I read it after I started blogging. Let me see. I think I did, but let me double check. Garth Stein. Let's see what I thought of it. I don't remember. Here we go. Uh, oh, yeah. Told from the point of a dog. The, the owner of the dog is going through a bad stretch. His wife dies of brain cancer. His in-laws sue him for custody of his daughter, and he faces criminal charges for a crime he didn't commit, all in the space of a year. So the dog can analyze and emote, but he can't speak. Um, yes. I said, what I really liked about this book as a dog owner, I always wonder what does my dog think about what goes through her mind and does she have the emotions and thought I'd like to attribute to her. The art of racing in the rain takes on those questions. He knows he's a dog. He appreciates and accepts his role and his limitations, but he's a keen observer of human interaction and how humans treat him and his canine actions are explained and justified. I loved thinking about how the world appears from a dog's perspective. Um, yeah, I did like this book. Easy and satisfying read. I really liked A Sudden Light. That one was about a young boy who goes to live with his father in this old mansion. And I think, and his sister as well. Like his family, he wants his family to stay together, but I believe his parents are in the process of considering a divorce. So they're going through a separation and the, and the dad takes them and they're at the family house, which is this old mansion that's made of whole trees, like the family patriarch was a lumber person. And I believe that he had said that once he was finished 
farming, he was going to turn the land back over to be reforested or, you know, something in, in an effort to give back for what they've taken in terms of it being a lumber company and to, I guess, make up for the sins of the past. But what happens is he dies, and I'm not sure if that's codified in a will in any kind of way. So his father is there to essentially sell the property off and to get the best price for it. But there's a ghost on the property that wants wants the rights to revert back to the land. And so they don't want that to happen. So it's all about this boy and his observations. And of course, he is digging into past history. I thought it was really good. I loved it was like atmospheric and smart. And I remember being really impressed with his writing and wanting to read other stuff. And of course, not getting a chance to. And uh, so now we have Art of Racing in the Rain. I like uh, Milo Ventimiglio. Yeah, he's just, this is us, is just sur- made him surge in popularity, I feel like. Yeah. He's kind of all yeah. over the place now. He was in that movie with Jennifer Lopez, and now he's in this. So good for him. Yeah. I would say I would see watching? it, but it's just so hard to get me to watch a movie. I don't know what why that is. So so difficult. I think it's the the fact that it's so much of an upfront investment. I'll watch a series, a 10-hour series. Yeah. I'll spend all day watching it, probably because it's just <laughs> little 45-minute episodes. But, you That's know, so funny. ask me it's to watch a two-and-a-half-hour movie, and it's just like, uh, no. Are you watching season two of Big Little Lies? I haven't watched it yet. Someone, we were, I was at a party last night. And uh, so last night there was a blackout in New York. Oh, I heard. And I was in this par- yeah. at this party in Brooklyn thinking, how am I going to get home when there are no lights and, you know, like half the, the subways, the trains that w- would run to where I am are probably not even working. But anyway, we're all standing around talking about television shows. And someone was saying that the se- second season of Big Little Lies, even though it had Meryl Streep, and that's really exciting that it wasn't holding them. I, well, I'm two episodes in. My my family is watching it, and they got ahead of me. So they're uh, like maybe the fifth episode, and I've watched two so far. I think that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I thought the second episode was really good. So I don't know what what will change after that, but I've I've liked it. I, there's some article making the rounds about how like behind the scenes things were chaotic and inconsistent and. Everyone's like, well, that explains why the season is the way it is. But I thought it was pretty good. Another comment that came up last night was someone read Little Fires Everywhere, and I asked them how they liked it, of course, thinking about you and the fact mm-hmm. that I haven't still read it. And they said that they really liked it, but because we Reese Witherspoon is adapting it, they weren't sure how much they were invested in seeing it because they just felt like it was going to be another Big Little Lies, you know, with her playing the main character. Oh, is she going to be in the movie? Yes. I think it's a series. Oh, she must she's with Carrie yeah, Washington. She, oh, I think she's playing series. one of the people. Oh. oh. Well, you know, it might actually be better than the book. To be honest, I didn't like the book. So, I mean, I and I like, I think she, I generally like Reese. I think she, her characters are a little bit, 
Um, but do you think the stories are similar? The would top. they lead to, would you possibly think, oh, I've seen Big, Big Little Lies, so I've seen this one? No, I mean, the settings are so different. Big Little Lies, that that Monterey setting is like a character in and of itself. Whereas uh, Little Fires Everywhere is set in Ohio. And it's a different type of community. The issues are different. There's kids kind of adolescents behaving badly in little fires everywhere. And there's an adoption. There's, a, there's some racial stuff going on. I always thought that the racial stuff was way overplayed when the people talk about the book, that it actually plays a much smaller role in the actual book than people make it out to be. It's a bit, there's like a, I think that there's a, a Chinese adoption sub story going on. I, it's, I don't think it would be just like big little lies. So I'm not, that doesn't worry me. I'm more just wondering, like, would it hold my interest? Just because I didn't think the story was that good. But maybe in Reese's hands, it will be better. I don't know. Yeah, well, the thing with adaptations is, you know, they're, I think Big Little Lies was pretty close to the book. But if they need to punch up some more drama. Should we talk about the literary fiction that we're lusting after? Yes, we should. (laughs) There's all okay. the good literary fiction. I feel like there's so much from the spring that I just, I don't know, work has been spectacularly crazy to the point where we record this podcast and it gets edited and it gets put up. And that's all I know about this podcast. <laughs> just constantly on the run. I'm hoping that over the next four to six weeks, it'll things will start to even out. I don't remember the last time I've had such a busy summer. It's like the equivalent of fall. So summer's like this and fall is like this. I'm just hanging on barely. But I feel like I'm like you, I'm percent progress on a bunch of different books. (laughs) Right. And I have all this, you know, this challenge stuff that I want to finish and this, you know, and all this great literary fiction that I want to get to. Yep. I know there's a lot out right now. There's just, there's so much good stuff. I mean, there always is, but it just seems like even more than usual, there's a lot of good stuff. Yeah. This, this season seems like it's particularly, I mean, there's some seasons where there's some things I'm looking forward to, but I feel like now, especially around literary fiction, everything is just like, Oh my God, I want to read that. And I want to read that. And I can't wait to read that. And, Mm -hmm. and, and I'm not reading much of anything, but let's get into our lust lists. I'll kick it off with a book that you and I talked about a long time ago, and I don't think either one of us has gotten to, but it is out now. And that is very nice. My Marcy Dermansky. Oh yeah. If I'm correct, this is the book where there's a mother and a daughter and they both sort of end up seducing the same guy, a professor or an author. I've seen this book pop up on a lot of places. You and I have talked rather extensively about Marcy Dermansky. I read The Red Car. You read a, a book that whose name is escaping me Bad right Marie. now. Bad Marie. Bad Marie. And I read The Red Car. Um, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to this one. Yeah. I like the cover. It looks kind of cool. She does women behaving um, badly very well. Mm-hmm. Just these outrageous characters that, you know, do things that sometimes are reprehensible and you root for them anyway. <laughs> yeah, like you kind of, they're kind of train wrecks, but you just want, right? <laughs> sort of like, you want to see humanity there. And you don't want them to really get in trouble for being hot messes. Yeah. Yeah, I want to read that one. So that's, that's whatever one on my list. 
I don't, it's not in the house. I don't, I don't have it anywhere, but. You haven't put it on hold at the library? No. To then buy it, to then cancel it. (laughs) (laughs) To then check it out. Check it out and return it. For two minutes. No, I haven't. (laughs) I have yet to do it. I mean, like I said, I'm literally drowning in books here. There's just so many. Gail, you sound so far away. Don't walk away. Are you walking away from the mic? I, no, I didn't walk away. I mean, like, I just, I leaned back and like in, in surrender to the books in my in my tent. I just I kind of put my hands up like as if to say, Ugh, look at what I'm dealing with here because I'm sitting in the, the library. Yeah, it's bad. So I just was saying that I yeah I I ha- is not in the house, but that doesn't mean it can't be in the house. And with all the swap sites I'm on now, like it's entirely possible it could show up at some point. So what's your swap life like? Have you gotten any good swaps lately? Yeah, I've gotten a ton of good swaps. Uh, I just as I, derail, I think I swapped away my th- as I derailed yeah, us I, once again. <laughs> once again, I I swapped away my last free or my last extra copy of Three Women, and what came in its stead? I'm trying to remember. It might have been How Not to Die Alone by Richard Roper. Queenie is a recent one that just came in the door. I can't find um, my copy of, of Queenie. I am so upset because Queenie is one of my literary fiction books that I have really been dying to read. And I I want to... I, well, I have it I right t- here. Would you like me to send it to you? I wonder if I took it on vacation with me and left it somewhere. I don't think I did that. But I had a copy of Queenie and I feel like I had it probably because I got it from Book of the Month or an extra from Book of the Month. And I yeah. have no idea what it is. See, my family comes and they walk off with stuff. Mm-hmm. I know. I lent a whole bunch of books to people. We had book club meeting. And, you know, I'd have like like a few drinks. And I'm like, yeah, take anything. And now I'm like, who took what? <laughs> Where is it? My family doesn't let um, me know. I think that they just assume that I have so much and I'll never notice or oh, that's get annoying. around to it or whatever. And I think sometimes they taken books that I'm in the middle of because I'll be like I don't where is this book yeah that's annoying well I have this here so if you give it another look if you can't find it let me know I'll send you this okay and then you can send it back to me when you're done but yeah no there's tons I have so many swaps I've actually really started to stop looking at the swaps because it's like the temptation is so strong because it's free and if I can find something in my library that I want to give away then it you know it's irresistible to not just hop in there and do it oh wait i forgot to tell you that i was also at a bookstore last week what is besides pals no i sorry i was in pals i did mention that but like it was like an embarrassment of riches and pals so i only left with two books but that's two more books that are now in my house which one are those again i have the the memory of a goldfish today you just mentioned one because it was one no no i don't think i mentioned what i bought oh you didn't no i don't think i bought it um Yes. No, you're right. I did buy it. It was, oh, what's that book called? It's upstairs. Otherwise, I would tell you exactly what it's called. Uh, you know what? I'll hop on my my um, library account. So <laughs> it's a book about a woman who is divorced, getting divorced. I don't know. And she decides she like sort of like falls in love with a woman. And so she like gets in this female relationship. And it's supposed to be really funny. And I somebody had posted about it on one of the swaps and said they had this book to swap or something. And I asked her how, what, how it was. And she said it was good. I think it's kind of raunchy. So just FYI, if that offends you, then maybe this isn't the right book for you here. I'm going to tell you in one second, exactly yeah, what, what it is. raunchy book well, are you reading? Unless, and you know what, it's probably, I bet it's been marked as returned. 
it's not going to be on my hold list and it's not there anymore. <laughs> and it's not Gosh. under checkouts either. Oh my God. Well, three uh, you know women what? is pretty will, raunchy. Um, so just, you know, I mean, it, okay, I doubt if, to know. if you don't like raunchy books. I mean, not raunchy because I think some of the sex actually is, is pretty, I don't know. Some of it's kind of clinical and some of it is, you know, this woman living out her fantasy, but, I know I was on the train the other day and it was a solid two pages of it. You know how sometimes if something's going on on one page, you can kind of cover with the other or whatever, but it was just, it was just two pages of sex. And I was like, Oh my God, if anyone looks over at what I'm reading, (laughs) there's just like orgasm all over the place and different words. Oh man. Yeah. That's always hard. You kind of look around and you feel like it's like shows on your face somehow. Right. Of course, how would anyone know? Right. Uh, okay. The book is upstairs and I don't remember what it's called. So I'm going to have to, oh, wait, is my receipt nearby? <laughs> oh gosh, Gail. My receipt is nearby. Okay. So the second book though, I can at least speak to the second book I bought. And this was the perfect thing to buy at Powell's because as you may know about Powell's, they've got, um, is that your doorbell? No, that's oh, okay. my phone. Okay. They've got um, used books on the same shelf with the new books. So, like, you could see – and, in fact, both of the books I got were were used. The the one that, whose name I'm trying to remember I think must have been a review copy because it would look brand new and it's hardcover. But, and the book hasn't been out very long. But I think it had, like, a, you know, a um, like a publicist thing inside of it, which makes me think that it was uh, probably a, a, some sort of a review copy or an ARC. Or not right. an arc, but just a review copy. So there's that one. But then I also bought the first of the Kent Haroof trilogy called oh. Plain Song. Okay. Which, oh yeah, here's here we go. I found the receipt. Okay, yeah. Plain Song is the one I bought by Kent Haroof. And then the other one is called In at the Deep End. Have you heard of this book? Mm-mm. Yeah, that's hilarious that I just dug through my wallet just to get my receipt. Um, In at the Deep End. London? This book... Is by Kate Davies. Oh, okay. it may be a British. Yeah, she's in. She's London. She's she lives in London. So she's oh, she's not. I guess she doesn't get divorced. She's like a twenty-something, and she sort of decides like to she meets a woman, and then it's all I about this relationship this she has with a woman. I recognize the cover. An unforgettable and audacious odyssey through the pitfalls and seductions we encounter on the treacherous path to love and self, whatever that means. <laughs> well, yeah. But that's what I bought and that's what I checked out and returned. So those are the two books I got at Powell's. Yeah. And at the deep end, I think she starts a relationship with a woman and it seems like she might be sort of a con artist or involved in some kind of scheming. The woman that she gets involved with? Right. Yeah, and then uh-huh. I think she starts to think about whether this relationship that she's in, you know, the dynamics, is it any really any different than being with, like, is she as liberated as she thinks that she is? And, you know, and thinking that she's found this relationship with this woman and her life is going to be really different, or is it kind of more of the same? Yeah, interesting. Well, that's what I All right. Up. Let's get okay, back we on gotta, topic. We got to get back on tap. Yeah, we've got we got a lot more to cover. Okay, so go ahead. It was on one of my shows. I think one of our shows when we did spring 
things that we're looking forward to, and I still haven't read it. And I loved her first book. Nicole Dennis Ben wrote Here Comes the Sun, which was set in Jamaica. This one is Patsy, and it's about a Jamaican woman who has made the decision to leave her daughter behind in Jamaica to pursue uh, some kind of educational program, I think, that she comes to in the United States. And she thinks that she's been promised that there's going to be all of these freedoms. And of course, when she gets here, the reality is different. And I think it delves a little bit both into both their perspectives, you know, the daughter who has been left behind and the mother and what her goals are in trying to come here and make a better life for herself. I loved her first book. Really looking forward to reading this. Hope I get, um, hope I get to get to it soon. That and Queenie Mm -hmm. are really high on my list. Do you have Patsy? I don't have Patsy. I'm probably going to buy Patsy. And I just haven't bought it because I'm just, I just have to stop buying books before I can read it. It's possible I might have that upstairs. If I do, I'll, maybe I'll make you a little package. Oh, I love but the I'm not packages. Sure. <laughs> um, well, you I'm still not sure. have, have to, to go through all of your books and be honest with yourself because. Oh, God, I know. I, I Yeah. You mean the book expo books or just the yeah. rest of the books? Well, the book expo What I need books, you to do probably. is you to come down here. And you to, we're going to like order in dinner and we're just going to go through the shelves and you're just going to say yes, no, yes, no. And then I get rid, of, <laughs> like, get rid of a third of what's here. Okay. So my next one that this has been on my list forever and I it's still on my shelf and I haven't read it is Ask Again Yes, which everyone loves and I've heard nothing but good things about it. And it's, again, just sitting there. Mary Beth Keene. Um, I think this is about two families that live, I want to say California, but I'm not entirely sure. Their friendship is put to the test because of wrongdoing by someone in one of the families. I think I'm probably not doing this justice. But, I mean, haven't you seen this book everywhere? That book is everywhere. Yeah. I I wanted to read it, I think. And I don't know. I might be fatigued now. Okay. I'm in that stage where I'm just like, could it possibly be that amazing that everyone's read it? Right. You know what? It It peaked continuing to get really good is like that is um the gifted school which i really wanted wait didn't you get that i thought you got that for your book of the month i did i ordered it on air and it came like two days later well i tell you what i'll send you queenie and patsy and then when you read the gifted school send that my way okay Although that's going to be all over the swap pages once people get it and read it, because all those book of the month people are going to read it, <laughs> and then I might be able to swap for it. <laughs> those book of the month people, book of the month people, right? This didn't mean that in any with any kind of judgment. I'm just saying the, the book of the month club members will read it, and then it will be <laughs> on the because I think I'm on like a book of the month swap um, site too, even though I'm not in book of the month. There's a book that I want to read that I actually also swapped for. And it is called, and I don't know if this will count as literary fiction or not. We're, we're going to use literary fiction a little loosely, loosely. Here. Loosely. Have you heard of Red, White, and Royal Blue? Oh, is that Do one of those Royal book? Wee books? No. Romance it is books? About, it is a romance. But here's why it's it's interesting. Wait, I'm going to read you the description from Amazon because I'm not going to do it justice. I don't know entirely what it's called. The author is Casey McQuiston, and it is about the son of the president 
with the United States. Oh, that sounds who, so fun. I already know. Oh, you already know. So he like gets into it somehow with the prince, Prince Henry from <laughs> England. But yet what happens is that the two of them fall in love. Like the two men. It's like updated star-crossed lovers type thing, but they're gay. And I just, I don't know. It sounds really cute. I know. I've heard of that. It does sound really cute. Yeah. So that's sitting, that's in my house. I'm thinking that might be a good vacation read. Like a good, you know, take it on the plane. Although the I top feel like review it would on Amazon. very quick. I'm sure too. it will. The first review on Amazon's like overhyped. Two stars. But anyway, looks cute. So that seems like that's going to be a like a good summer read. This one is blurbed by Christina Lauren and Taylor Jenkins Reed. So that's kind of the audience they're going after. So I, I'm going to give that one a try. And it's sitting here. What else you got? I am looking at my... I'm actually looking at Instagram because there's a couple of books that people I follow on Instagram have mentioned. Novel Visits... She reviewed a book on Instagram called The Need by Helen Phillips. Mm. And I had read I do not want to read that book. Helen Phillips book that I liked her writing, but there was something about it that it was one of those books that I liked the writing and I wanted to see what other books that she would write. Is that Helen Phillips or am I thinking of Jen Phillips? No, I think that's right. That's the book about the the mother who her anxieties get – she's, like, super anxious about the safety of her kids, and then it turns into, like, a horror book. Mm. It's very buzzy right now. Yeah. Helen Phillips. Yeah. Yeah. And she's, She like, said it was good. She said she wasn't sure. She said it could not be – it refused to be defined – Horror, perhaps, sci-fi, maybe, fantasy, possibly. It doesn't really matter because, above all, it's intense and wonderfully bizarre. But when you finish, you'll need someone to talk this book over with. Yeah, I'm not going to read that book. <laughs> this like this was on my list. That this I was like on my list of something like, hmm, will I read this book? This seems kind of interesting. And then I saw that she really liked it and just made me like it or want to read it a little bit more. And then mm-hmm. I feel like Renee from It's Book Talk read some uh, mentioned something that I really – well, she really liked The Gifted School. Excuse me. Bless you. Thank she you. really liked The Gifted School, which I, I'm excited about. You know, if I ever get to read anything besides the four books that I'm crawling through, yeah. I really want to – I really want to read that. So that's like one of my literary fiction books that I really want to read. So, well, if you read the need, I'll be very intrigued to know what you think of it. I wonder if it, it sounds like baby teeth ish. Yeah. Although my guess is it's better than baby teeth because I don't know. I've seen this book everywhere. You haven't read like, it though. No, I haven't but you mean better in terms it. of the fact that it's everywhere and baby teeth was not everywhere? Well, I don't know. It just seems like this is being discussed as literary fiction in a way that I don't think baby teeth was. I, mean, I think baby teeth, people kind of accurately assessed it as what it was. But this one just seems to be more complex, maybe is the word. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah. No, but right. I haven't read it. Okay. Tangents. 
next? What do you got? Tangents. Okay. Um, next is this book called uh, Prairie, Fi- Prairie Fever by Michael Parker. I actually got this one at Book Expo from Algonquin. It came out in May. And it's set in 1900s in Oklahoma, and it's about these two sisters and kind of life on the prairie. And then, like, somebody somebody arrives that challenges them, and then there's, like, a blizzard and, you know, some intense stuff happens. But I've heard this is really, really good. And um, it, the woman who I spoke to, the publicist for Algonquin, who was telling me about it, said it was amazing so that is one that i have no as she should right from what i've heard of it just sounds good and it's kind of about i like the combination of the sort of family drama and the 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 role of the land and then it's historical so i thought it sounded good so that's prairie fever one of the books i want to read is the summer demands by deborah shapiro she wrote this book about this mother-daughter, and I think the mom was basically an insomniac, and her daughter, and they spent this time in Greece, and the mother basically just goes to the doctor all the time, so that's the daughter's life. She's, like, connected to her mother's illness, Mm -hmm. an imagined illness. It was such an odd book that I, it was hard to say that I love this book, but so many pages were dog-eared because of just what was going on or what was being said. So she has this new book out called The Summer Demands. And it is about, I mean, it's like my wheelhouse because it's about a couple who inherit this abandoned camp in Massachusetts and they go to live there and they see this young woman who has been, I guess, essentially squatting on their property, living in one of the cabins there. And of course, you know, they become very close and but how much do they really know about her and what effect are they going to have about, you know, what effect is she going to have on their lives or what's going to go on with that? And I feel like I, I read, I love books like that. Um, mysterious people that you become friends with and are they going to wreak havoc on your life? So she has mm-hmm. this book out called A Summer Demand. It came out on June 4th. I really want to read it. Like her writing is so observant and so good. Like I said, there was something about that last book that was weird. So I couldn't say that I really loved it, but at the same time, it was so thought provoking that basically the entire page, the entire book had pages turned down. So I really do want to read this one. Okay. So my last one is the new Jennifer Weiner book, Mrs. Everything, which I've heard kind of mixed things about. I've heard it's amazing. And then I've heard other people say, oh, it's not as great as everyone else is saying it is. But I've heard that it's a little more hefty than kind of some of the other Jennifer Weiner books that maybe we've read before. I think this is about also two sisters growing up in the 50s. And I heard her speak about it at Book Expo. And I've got that sitting upstairs. So that may be another good kind of travel vacation read. So I want to read The Travelers by Regina Porter. Um, It's described as a sweeping and devastating debut following two American families, one white, one black, from the 1950s through Barack Obama's first year as president. It sounds so good. Like, I wanted to get it as soon as it came out. But, of course, like I said, I'm reading at a snail's pace. And 
I just didn't want to get it and just have it sit around not being read, especially since I still have Queenie on my list and I still have to read Patsy by Nicole Dennis-Ben. But The Travelers, I'm really looking forward to. I think we've discussed maybe doing a book club on that one. Yeah, so I think we should do tuned. it. I think we should do it for August. Get me to read it. Get me to read it. So an, another book that came out, uh, it's by Joe Baker, and she's the one who wrote Longborn, which was, it was not, um, it ran at the same time that Pride and Prejudice was, but it was about the below stairs. It was like the below stairs version of Pride and Prejudice, what was going on with their servants. And, you know, of course, it kind of interpolates some of the events of Pride and Prejudice, but it was really about that family. I loved her writing. She has this book out called The Body Lies, which is a departure from her. I mean, not that she's written that many books, but it's a departure from her, I guess, basically working on a retelling. And it's about this writer who accepts a job at a university. She had been through some crazy attack when she was living in London. And since then, she's had a baby. And her partner decides to stay in the city like they decide like she's just having a very hard time dealing with being in the city after she's been attacked but for career and professional reasons they decide to make a go of living separately for a while while she takes a position up in the countryside where she feels like he'll be more comfortable and he can continue the work that he's been doing with students in the city when she is there she becomes involved like she gets in, she starts to teach a writing course and one of her students starts writing a story and she realizes that she is one of the characters in the story and of course the story that the student is writing does not end well for her and it's about how she deals with that so i'm really looking I forward to I think have you mentioned one. that one before that sounds familiar I have, I have i think it was like yeah because okay. this book came out in June. I probably, yeah, probably mentioned it. Yeah. There's so much stuff, you guys. I could go on and so on. So much. And on. Oh my God. Well, for those of you listening, if you've got travels coming up or long, lazy summer days, hopefully we've given you <laughs> some ideas of things to round out your reading list. Not that you need them, because there's already so much amazing stuff that we've talked about on this show and that you've read about in a million other places. But hopefully, if you had any room, you something here sparked your curiosity and interest, and you'll pick that up too. I've seen a few comments from people saying that they've listened to some of our kind of summer reading shows and that their TBR lists are just really long. So we sympathize. Let me add just one more, The Snakes by Sadie Jones that I read and I really loved. It's like about this couple who is living in London. She comes from a very wealthy family, but she has decided that they are, she's estranged from her family. They're not going to use any of her money. And I think he is an artist and he comes from a, a much poorer background and they try to make a go of it, but then they are invited to this hotel or the hotel that her family has basically brought bought for her troubled brother to run and they go there on vacation and her parents come to visit her there and it just kicks off a whole bunch of stuff. And I read that on vacation. It's such a thick book and I read it very quickly. Really interesting book. I, I mean, if you, 
huh, I don't want to warn people too much, but sometimes if 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 you like things that are wrapped up really neatly, then you should not read this book. <laughs> I'll just mm, say that. That's a good warning. That's a good warning. All right. Well, we will be back. We've got some fun guests coming on in the next couple of weeks. We've got a book club coming up to talk about Trust, Trust Exercise. Exercise by Susan Choi. We look forward to touching base then. So until then, happy reading. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Readerly Report. You can find all of our shows on iTunes or at thereaderlyreport.com. Please join our Facebook group, Readerly Report Readers, where you can talk to other listeners about their reading life. You can also find Nicole at nicolebonia.com and me, Gail, at everydayiwritethebookblog.com. Finally, we'd love it if you left us a review on iTunes and told your book-loving friends about us. Thanks.